welcome to Reptory Screenings, episode 63. I'm your host, Ammon, with my regular co-host, Jackson. Hello! And Destiny. Hey there! And we're here to talk about movies. Uh, I was on uh, Ornate Stairwells, which will be out on the export Patreon feed tomorrow to watch Cure, which thus I can't talk about it. That's literally the only movie I watched. I'm really in a fate hole right now, uh, so that's not a movie. Movie Janai. I can talk about it, because I watched it with you. Yeah. It was fucking good. I don't really have anything else to say. It was just like, it gets in your head, and it it's really disturbing, and it was just a love, solid Love watch. a movie about cops and uh, existential ennui. Mm-hmm. We really do. We really do like that. <laughs> yes, that's why I was like, you gotta watch this. <laughs> um, speaking that's of... Because like, it's like hanging out like Manhunter Town more than it is anything else. Mm-hmm. Oh. For sure. That's fucking cinema. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I would never have thought to watch it because, you know, like I've heard of Pulse and uh, that's, I've seen clips of Pulse. That movie's too scary for me, though I do think it's clearly, you know, the stuff it's about is very, very good and appealing. So uh, I'd like to see one of his movies that isn't, isn't that intense. Yes. Um, but you can check that out if uh, you're not subscribed to the Export Audio Patreon, which you should. It's good. ExportAudio.io. Um, you can get the podcast me and Jackson do Bag and Book Club a week early also if you subscribe to that Patreon. But yeah. it'll be out next week, next Tuesday, for the free feed. So check that out then. Exactly. Um, That's all I got, though. Uh, Destiny, is that the only movie you saw? I think it might be. It might be. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. You were busy quitting your job. You were jobless Woo! for two weeks. Yeah, unemployed for the next two weeks, but I'm also starting grad school on Monday. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. You're about to be very busy. I know. It's going to be wild. I'm going to try um, to watch some movies, though, while I'm off. I wonder, given that our lives wrap around like my weird schedule and it's very normal that I'm just busy all the time, how busy your busy will feel compared to just the natural busy that our household tends to run at at all times. <laughs> it's grad school. You're going to be fucking busy. Let's know. Oh, I know. Let's I know. But like the idea, like the average person's like, I go to work and I come home and all that time is mine. And just this household doesn't operate without being the norm necessarily. So That's true. No. I mean, you, yes, you already have two jobs and one of them's at home all times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So I think I think we'll be well suited to like handle Destiny's busyness as like a family unit. I agree. <laughs> I'm not um, too worried about it. It'll just be curious to see how it breaks down. Uh anyway, Jackson, have you watched any movies? Yeah, I watched The Killer. Speaking of cops and on we, I guess. I uh what's that? Never heard of it. That that <laughs> the nineteen eighty nine John Woo movie about guys being dudes. <laughs> It is about guys being dudes. <laughs> it's so much about guys being dudes. Um, I really liked it. Unsurprisingly, um, I I am um, ended up thinking like like I was all in on the aesthetics. I didn't actually like when I watched Infernal Affairs, right, which is a similar Hong Kong cop movie mm-hmm. about a fated um, you know criminal and cop that are more similar than they are different duo. Uh, like that movie came away and spent forever thinking about it um just because it was cool and uh, played to all my like uh things i like this movie uh does a little less um i think like it's thematic stuff is honestly if you think about a little hard uh bad uh i don't think it's like has anything to say in uh in the similar sense Uh, it does a bunch of really gross stuff with disability like the woman's literally like the most this woman's a prop that a woman's ever been in a movie um 
so it's like not as profound in the way that these things try to be but in terms of like the pure aesthetics and dudes rocking uh it's it's good this is what cinema is cinema is about when the guy's like i will not bow down to this hitman because i will i don't want to die a dog i want to die a man and then he's cool and you're like damn that guy was cool and then ten thousand guys get shot (laughs) and you're like that's the movies um which I say, because, like, I am, um, I went to, like, check Letterboxd after I finished the movie, and then one of the top review, the, like, top review was Love is Blind. And I was like, fuck off, the blindness stuff in the movie is just bad. Like, it's fine, and I get the metaphor, but it, it, it is handled not gracefully, I would say. Uh, though, in the service, it's, like, fun melodrama, but I don't, I don't think that stuff is, like, particularly um, plumbing the depth of a human experience. I mostly just like it, because the dudes rock and they are more similar and then they shoot everyone it's great i loved it <laughs> yeah it's good um now you can watch hard boiled and be like this is too much movie you you just made the same thing but it's like bigger tony lung's there and that's great but it's still it's oh shit movie. do you mean tony lung's there yeah. damn that's what i'm looking for i need to actually like watch some um one car y films i've never already seen one. Oh, they're all worth your time I just because the the like you know Infernal Affairs was very good obviously and I, like as a specific movie but having watched Hero as well just like Tony Long just needs to be in a movie and be cool your movie could be garbage I'll have a good time um, <laughs> like I mean those are two particularly great movies and I'm just saying that he can carry anything cool guy mm-hmm. uh, but yeah that's um that's me okay guess we'll get into it then uh, our movie this week is Excalibur. Uh, directed by John Borman, a screenplay by uh, Rosbo Pallenberg and John Borman, based on the Mort author by Thomas Mallory. Uh, this came out in 1981 uh, and is a movie that was just kind of like, this was suggested to me like a couple months ago by our friend Rick, who was like, you'd like this, you should watch it. And I was like, I'm never going to sit down and watch a two and a half hour movie about King Arthur. Thus, we have a podcast in which I can just make that my job to do. <laughs> uh, sure that's can. Why we- that's why I picked it. Uh, I'll be honest. Just I wanted it. I wanted to see it. Uh, it just so happened in picking it. That in between picking it and us doing it, I I watched. Uh, I played through all of Fate Stay Night, which is also about King Arthur. <laughs> um, and I'm recording an episode about that for abnormal mapping that'll go up on Friday. So or sometime during this week, probably Friday. But I, I might release it early. There's no rules. This is the uh, time for King Arthur to reclaim his sword. Yeah. That's true. Uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of sword reclaiming in, in either of these pieces of fiction, I'll be honest. Uh, fair enough. I mean, this is literally about reclaiming the sword. That's the name of the movie, but yes, I guess he does just kind of get the sword. He mostly has the sword the entire... Anyway, Jackson, what happens at Excalibur? Come on. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so you know the myth of King Arthur? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, that happens. But when I what say that happens... someone doesn't know the myth of King Arthur? I mean all of it. Like, all of it happens in two hours and 20 minutes. It all happens. Okay. So, Uther Pendragon has, <laughs> has teamed up with Merlin, uh, who is an ageless, mysterious wizard who understands the ways of things, uh, but as a wizard is not really, like, trusted um, in this increasingly... It's not like... he. 
it's not like Christian, but he does say like the time of the many gods is ending. Like you know, Arthur's come in, time is progressing, it's doing all that Lord of the Rings shit. Uh, and he's teamed up with Arthur to make him to, uh, to with Uther to make him king because he wants to unite um unite the the land. Like it never says Britain, right? It's like the land. It is it yes. is framed as myth. Um, and we are introduced with Uther uh fighting Cornwall, um and he uh fights the battle to a standstill and they secure a truce uh Cornwall ex- agrees to like bend the knee to to Uther and then Uther within 5 seconds of this all being agreed gets extremely horny for uh Cornwall's wife and blows the whole thing has Merlin like make a fucking um shape-shifting potion uh in communion with the dragon that is the land uh and uses this potion to uh essentially you know um rape cornwall's wife and have a child and merlin says the price of this is he will take the child uh and he does that happens cornwall dies um and having screwed this all up uh uther himself is like no longer trusted because he just completely blew being a king within 10 seconds uh and being ambushed by his own men um he decides that what he will do is place excalibur within the stone and no one else shall wield it uh but him the true king 20 years later uh his son arthur pendragon the famous arthur uh has just been raised he pulls the sword from the stone he is the true king now uh but he's just like a kid, and no one knows him. And so initially, like a whole con- conflict of like, oh, I'm going to follow the boy king. That's weird. Why is there a boy a king? And then people say, well, he pulled the sword out of the sun. We follow follow the king. Like, he is a king. We must make him the best king he can be. That kind of stuff. Um, Patrick Stewart's the like first knight uh, to um, to actually pledge his support, uh, and Patrick Stewart's daughter is Guinevere. Uh, and uh, Merlin's like, I guess you could, but you know, could it could lead to trouble? Uh, or not. then they then they pick up Lancelot. Uh, he um, Lancelot's got a good bridge. Uh, King Arthur has to like fight him, and he like calls upon the power of Excalibur and kills uh, uh mostly kills uh Lancelot. I guess he doesn't actually quite kill. He doesn't like magically bring him back at this point. That's later. Uh, so he almost kills Lancelot, but defeats him. Uh, and then he throws his sword away, realizing that he is called upon the power of the legendary sword to fight a guy in some stupid contest that was fake and doesn't matter. Uh, seeing the worthiness of throwing the sword away, the Lady of the Lake just brings the sword fucking back to him. <laughs> Lancelot swears fealty to this true king of honor, and the round table is born as they uh, conquer the land, unite the land, build Camelot, uh, and, you know make make it all happen it's all happening uh the land is healed it is a time of plenty and everyone is happy and he is a great king and nothing can go wrong and arthur goes what the fuck am i meant to do i've defeated evil there is no longer any purpose and merlin's like i wouldn't be so sure there is always evil uh you must be fearful of it at all times um then how what's the actual following of events now uh, <laughs> The rest of, like the next bit is about like the love triangle between uh, Lancelot, Guinevere, and Arthur. Uh, Arthur and Guinevere are obviously married, and then Lancelot is like in love with Guinevere, but doesn't take any action as the leading knight, uh, and he has to be like a 
uh, chastes uh, Knight to would up Petraeus King, because basically all three of them love each other and they're in a polycule, but it's fucking, you know, ancient times, so they're really bad at dealing with it. Uh, honestly, you know what? Over the course of the movie, they're not that bad at dealing with it, but um, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things go wrong in the middle. Um, he Lancelot is, uh, is wounded in his own, like, fear uh, and fights for Guinevere's honor um, but uh, he dies and uh, Arthur has Merlin bring him back Uh, in bringing him back uh, Lancelot then sleeps with Guinevere and um, Arthur's like must I kill them now is that what I am to do as a king and betray all my friends because they've broken the law uh and Merlin's like, I don't know, I'm disappearing now. <laughs> now is the time of men, you must rule as a king. Uh at this point, Morgana shows up. Um she's the other she's like Arthur's sister, uh like half his sister, because she was um Igraine and Cornwall's kid, and, and begins her master plan, which is to steal Merlin's power. She pulls the same, like, uh, you know, magical rape trick on Arthur, has a kid, uh steals the grail the land falls into ruin and all of these personal problems must be fixed to heal the land this happens uh lancelot like becomes a bearded recluse for a decade and percival has to bring him back uh then percival also finds the grail um and feeds feeds arthur from the grail and being the king and the land are one when the king heals the land heals and the king rides off to fight mordred uh who is morgana's son and end this line uh and make sure the land is whole and fine and everything like fix all these problems before he dies uh he he he, um you know goes back to uh guinevere and they uh reconcile lancelot fights with him in the final battle uh, everyone fucking dies except Percival, uh, and Arthur has Percival throw Excalibur into the sea. Oh no, just into a still lake it is, obviously, because Lady of the Lake. Uh, and there's an incredible slow-mo shot where the Lady of the Lake like, pulls her hand out of the water and catches the sword in midair and goes down. And then when he rides back uh, to the dying Arthur to hear his last words, he finds it is too late. Uh, and Arthur is already being carried away on like a really cool, ornate ship uh, sailing to the Isle of Avalon uh, as um, Arthur's passed on onto legend and that's the end of the movie that's a terrible summary but like a lot happened i didn't even mention <laughs> uh, like half the characters yeah i, I was like was man I, I really need to limit you to five sentences but this movie just is goes it just go- a lot happens they just try to get everything in they, yeah. they do the whole thing um, yeah and that's my first thing is like i feel like we complain a lot about the form of blockbuster writing where like every scene is person comes in person says here's the moral other person responds here's my view and then you know it's just very pat like this is the this is the thing i'm meant to take from the scene and it just feels kind of stale this is that but taken to a far better extreme of 
I, I I can't put my finger on the difference, but it knows it's doing that, and so very earnestly is having the characters state there. It it feels very like theatrical, right? Like they just come yes. out, they say their piece, their piece is one line, the person responds with their one line, and it doesn't have any any cause for like naturalistic dialogue or even cloaking it in anything resembling naturalism. No, it's like operatic how big yes. everyone is at all times. Um, like when um Arthur first gets uh pulls Excalibur from the saw from the stone, like within a span of thirty seconds, we go from Arthur's confused and has pulled the sword out. Uh, the people demand he proves he is a king. Well, you forget the part where he goes because he's looking. He's looking for his like brothers, his like adopted yeah. brothers, like sword that a kid stole. And he's like, oh, "Okay, I got you, Excalibur." <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't find your sword, but here's Excalibur, which is one of the funniest line reads. So, yeah. But that whole scene concludes, and everyone cheers for the new king, and then he turns to his dad, and his dad goes, I'm not your father. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, Merlin okay, gave you go. to me. As Merlin, throughout this entire scene, walks through the crowd... <laughs> past everyone who sees him and then just keeps fucking going up into the like the hills. It's so good. For the first 10 minutes of this movie, every line is like emphatically yelled. Yeah, yes. I mean that that's like for most of the film throughout. It's, actually, yes. it's just mo- most of the fil- lines are just like um would you uh, do you believe you can do this as a knight or whatever just something of that yes. kind <laughs> mm-hmm. at that intensity delivered in that exact way for the whole movie yes um it's a lot everyone is just on one it's just because like um this movie is to me like the thing like when we do when we did like three kingdoms or when we do like lord of the rings or whatever uh, and and I end up like someone tasked me to do the chapter summary. Um, oftentimes they'll just like do it in very like just like you know average colloquial language and like you know swear a bunch and everyone thinks it's like kind of funny. But like that's how I like part of my processing of classics as someone who like used to like when I went to school to be a classic literature major is finding the like universal in it like yeah they're they're well written and they're beautiful and they're like these objects of history but also the stories they tell are good because they're just fucking relatable. Um, and Excalibur is just a movie about some guys who only know how to fight and fuck. And that's it. That's all they can do. And if they're not <laughs> doing one, they're fucking up the other. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. And 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 this movie captures to me the, like, appeal of these myths where, like, you can read Lamorte d'Arthur and it, it's, like, beautiful and it's good and whatever. But, like, often if you don't have if – you're, if your brain's not tuned to it, it can be, like, this is, like, a whole, like, thing that's very, like, staid and important. So I got to – like grab onto it with like that sort of gravity but these are these are popular myths for a reason because they're just fucking on one all the time and i think this movie captures the like energy of like a classic that just fucking bangs better than almost any movie i've ever seen yeah 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 no i was when you were like we're gonna watch this almost three hour king arthur movie i was like i'm not gonna like it and 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 because of its relatability and just everyone being on one, it turned out like to be an amazing movie. Um, yeah. Uh, I re- like I um I read um, uh, the Green Knight, uh, mm-hmm. 
I didn't, I didn't actually end up seeing the movie because I just I just like that. Like, I'm feel satisfied by the text, but that one's like a, uh, you know it is technically a classic, but even in its like cultural history, it was like m- mainly a big hit in the Victorian era as like a this like you know not basically a viral email. <laughs> It just yeah. went around, and everyone was like, "You got to read it's, this it's, shit." It's like a, it's like a creepy pasta about cooking and ghosts, right? Like, <laughs> yes. Um, and it, and even reading it like today in whatever modern translation you find, it it works on that level and is relatable and funny for the same. Like, you know, you're just laughing and relating as this guy is being like flooded with and tested for you know his values of chastity or whatever. And you can you can dress it up as intellectual language, and that's true. But it also is just like on its who face. True. It's also who was phone. It's also who was fun. <laughs> yeah. That's important um, to remember, right? Like, yeah. And I was, th- yes, I was thinking about that watching this. I was like, this really captures that part of like Arthurian myth as just like a thing. Like, myth exists because people tell it to each other, not just yes. in like sacred, you know, people weren't just sharing King Arthur stories uh, in as part of like formal ritual passed down through pure British culture, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, when you talk about Lancelot and Arthur, you're you're talking about Ryan hates Brad, right? Like we all have our myths. <laughs> you're talking about Ryan hates Brad. God damn, that is the most indulgent thing we've ever said on a podcast. <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, you know, if you know, you know, right? Like, this is just the the people had a language of things that were like shared experience to fall back on. That's what myths are, right? Like, you yes. just talk about these things, and people can relate, and everyone understands what you mean. And that was easier when there was no such thing as like a cultural machine that produced works at like, a, you know, you, you had this, you didn't have like 8,000 TV shows and 17 million books. You had this thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you often get the stupid argument that like the superheroes are the modern myth or whatever, ignoring that like introducing like corporate voice into the equation completely. Yes. Like That's not what culture is. It's a different yeah. thing. But also everything's the modern myth because yes. myths myths are the, the 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 thing that we consider like pop culture replace the myth like wholesale in all aspects. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, that's the, that is the myth. Mad Men is also the myth. <laughs> you know, like, you, yeah. like the dumb sitcom you watch is also the myth. Like The Office is mythic literature <laughs> in its yeah. own way too. Um, the Fonz going A is the yeah. myth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. But yeah, like so much of this just ends up being, it's so hammy. And I think that works so well in like selling this thing where like it invites you to laugh at it. And I can see, like you look at reviews at the time and some people are like, why is like the dialogue's fucking terrible. And I think the point is just bring you into the space where like it is okay to just like revel in this thing that's like kind of silly and a little weird. And we're just going to like hold on to it and let it take us where it's going. And it be the thing it is without trying to like put on airs. Like this is not Batman 89 ing fucking anything. We're just here for it. Um, and I think that's like good, like, especially in a world like, you know, this is like a year after, after like empire strikes back, which is a very self serious about like a big fantasy space wizard movie. Um, there's none of that here. This thing's just like having a good time. Uh, they put they yeah. put Merlin in a fucking crystal, <laughs> and, sure and then did. he becomes a dream. And then he becomes a dream, and then he convinces uh, uh, um, Morgana, Morgana to like entrap herself by making herself look old and get throttled by your shitty son, and it's all hilarious. And the son is just like wearing what I can only describe as Dark Souls armor. Yes, um, like everyone else has 
crazy armor of a different kind, but he has like a weird ornate mask of a different face that is his like, face. Yeah, he's, got his... Like, he's got like a weird like Sun King armor, but it's like he wore that armor as a kid and it looks like a weird baby body. And as he grows up, the armor evolves into like, you know, like Sun God armor, but he's still just like this fucking twerp who sucks. <laughs> <laughs> he shows up and and he like rides to Arthur and we get this incredible bit of like the weakened Arthur being carried, carried on his to throne. The door. Um and he meets him and he's like I will have your lands and your kingdom and uh Arthur's like um you, you will not can, you, which you I will can have, give you my love. You will have he's my like, love. That's the only thing I don't want. <laughs> <laughs> and then runs away. <laughs> The other thing, um, the other thing, like the the big elephant in the room here is this is like you know what is it six or seven years after Monty Python the Holy Grail, and you're telling um, me <laughs> it's like doing the same thing, but like without the, like without the like snideness. It's like you looked at it looked at Monty Python and was like, yeah, but that's what's good about it, right? Like yes. <laughs> like they see all the goofy bits. Uh, like when Lancelot and Arthur meet on the bridge, it's literally the Dark Knight, like you you know you shall not pass thing. But instead of Instead of uh, you know Arthur just beating up the 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 Black Knight, uh, Arthur gets his ass fucking beat until he cheats. <laughs> yeah, but he literally does the whole like it's just a flesh wound as, as <laughs> Lancelot is kicking the shit out of him. He's getting so <laughs> destroyed. So fucking true. <laughs> And and then when, like when they win and they unite Britain, they're up on the hill and uh everyone's like about to have a party and Merlin comes in and like shines his flashlight on his staff and is like, All right, it's very serious here, lads. We have to do a thing. We have to understand that this is the moment where we're the best of us. Uh <laughs> you know, clear eyes, clear hearts, we're doing it. And then walks <laughs> away. And then was it Lancelot is like, I have a dream. I have a dream that this will be a great castle. And in that castle will be a big table where everyone will sit as equals, some sort of circular object in which we all sit. <laughs> and that's an awesome speech. He, yeah, yeah, he's like, <laughs> and I shall build a round table. <laughs> and around the, and around that table we'll build a shining castle. And around that shining castle we shall build a moat. And around that moat will be a land. <laughs> yeah. So I could like feel myself over the course of this like there's movies I enjoy, right? I enjoy many movies. I love to watch movies. But th- this is I could just like actively feel the sensation of I was always having a good time, but the character of that time was changing. As it started out, I was like, this is funny, this is ridiculous, this is stupid. And by the end, I was like, you know, um, Lancelot rode back into battle to die for his king. It was the old wound! It was the old wound! (laughs) I agree. I relate to this wholeheartedly. (laughs) Yes, that was the experience. Um, yeah, just like by being entirely earnest about the the thing, it just really wins you over into a thing that is often very silly. Uh, it's literally a story about how like just being like an infidelity asshole is in the blood. It is a blood curse you have. Um, <laughs> I love a man who Uther's a man who just couldn't stop fucking and he sucked. Arthur is a man who like the first woman he sees like oh, I'm going to marry her and Merlin's like you sure? I don't know if you should do that. And he's like no 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 I'm definitely going to do it. He's like oh Christ not again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then his son turns out to be a little shit too. Just like three generations of assholes. Uh, I love the like answer to that plot line is to just be normal. <laughs> like eventually yes. like they're old and they just realize that they could be normal. Uh, yes. And then they'll die after that. But uh, I mean, I guess yes. Guinevere doesn't die, you know, but uh, there's no like, I was expecting like a grand tragic confrontation between Arthur and um, Lancelot. I don't know how this method is going to go in this specific one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But no, they just kind of like it happens. He like stands over them and then he like doesn't kill them. He just puts the sword down and uh, and uh, it's like implied that this is like harming the land. Um, this this rift that's formed. Uh, but the thing that like heals it is just getting on with things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which I thought was like a surprisingly clear headed answer to like this movie about all these like awful men cheating on everyone, like assaulting women. Like it begins mm-hmm. with a ridiculous rape scene. Um, that like is a weird foot to put forward. Cause I think the first 20 minutes are like before Arthur shows up, there's nothing to hold on to. Uh, Uther sucks. Cornwall sucks. Um, I mean, I was, I was enjoying Merlin being ridiculous. But he you also know. sucks because, like, he like, kidnaps a child and the mother's screaming. Yes. Uh, so, like, it's just this really, like, v- bleak world uh, that you're, like, immediately thrown into, but also very silly. Um, so it's, like, a, you've, a real tonal adjustment at the start of the movie. I think it, like, pays off, but it's definitely, like, I see how the first 20 minutes could lose people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just ended up really being taken with it. Uh, Merlin in particular, just an incredible presence. Um, and then uh, Morgana, when Helen Mirren shows up and famously these two actors hated each other and they were cast because they hated each other to like bring that energy to the film. And because of that became friends, which is all you ever want out of a story like that. Um, but those two just like snarling each other in every scene they have is the best shit in the world. Oh, it's my favorite. <laughs> I ate it up. It's so good. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's weird because like I had heard of this movie um, primarily through like when I'm watching like videos on like like film props and stuff, because this is famously like for like those kind of film guys, like this is one of the movies with the most realistic swords and armor ever put to like film before like the modern era. Um, and maybe even like after, but like, you know, they did their work and it, it looks like the things that are real, uh, the swords are not ornate and covered in like gems and shit. Um, Excalibur is just a fucking sword. <laughs> uh, and um, so I'd always heard it that way. And I thought it was going to be like a kind of a gritty realist like version of King Arthur. <laughs> so the movie itself being a fucking clown shoes uh, traipsing through the legend was very uh, delightful to me to discover. <laughs> The uh yeah the armor stuff's um great because the uh, the like the combat and the actual like battle scenes are very obviously not choreographed. Yes, mm-hmm. everyone just kind of got their swords and they're hitting each other just on armor, wailing away at each other. And it's kind of designed to look like okay, they're covered in armor. The armor won't break. It's technically safe, but they're just whacking each other with these real metal swords. They're, they're dulled, right? They're prop swords. Yeah, but not fun. No one's having a good time in these battle scenes. No. No way. And there's mud everywhere. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, funny because like, at th- there's there's like there's like conflicting and scant information about like how knights actually fought and what like European sword fighting was. Um, but this movie definitely takes like the track of how people understood at the time, just like guys wailing each other giant swords. Um, probably was not actually how this happened, but it is cool. It's cool to see guys in just full on Dark Souls plate armor all the time. Um, <laughs> it's sick. Like Lancelot comes in and he's got a fucking dragoon armor from Final Fantasy IV. Like it's got like dragon fins on the helmet. It's the sickest shit I've ever seen. It's really cool. It's so <laughs> shiny. It's so shiny. And by the end, like all the knights have shiny ass armor. It looks great. Love it. Yeah, it looks good. Um. <laughs> 
Also, this movie has uh, the world's only unironic use of Or Fortuna in a fucking film ever. They, yes! They just blast Or Fortuna like twice. Every time the sick shit happening, it's like, <laughs> Near the end, there's a scene where like somebody's, is it. Percival, right? No, no, no. It's Lancelot. No, it's when Ryan. Arthur. It's when Arthur gets fixed, like healed, and they ride out. They play the whole like big celebratory bit. Yeah, and then like they cut away, and like the music gets quieter, and then they cut back to it, and the music gets louder. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, but it works. I mean, it's fine. Uh, it's weird. Like, I wonder. Like, is this where this like being played as a joke comes from? From this movie, I wouldn't be surprised. I hope um. so. It's very possible. Yeah. I hope so too. It's uh it's good. I had a great time with this movie. Just a uh, banger all the way down. It made me want to watch more King Arthur movies. More We more should watch epics. that one. The bad one. Yeah. Um Jackson was which one. I can't remember the guy's name. Guy Ritchie? Yes, the Guy Ritchie one. People like that one, so I know. I don't believe them because I just every guy Richard movie I've seen has been fucking unwatchable. Yes, uh, <laughs> but everyone's like, "Oh, that's that one's good." So is a man with uncle. I'm like, I, I, "It's Guy Ritchie, though." I don't know what what are you talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, great movie. Um, curious, like who actually cites us? Oh, we have to talk about the Lord of the Rings thing. <laughs> Yes, Briefly. we really do. Where John Borman wanted to do this, and they eventually told him no, and we're like, what if you did Lord of the Rings instead, um, as, like, one movie? And he was like, okay, I guess. Um, and um, and he was building the, a lot of the, like, sets and, like, costumes with the idea that these are going to be used for a Lord of the Rings movie. Which would have been fucking really? wild. I would love to see that. I want to see it so bad. Because um, this movie does give, like, I... I trust him to make Lord of the Rings in one movie, having watched this, because this is as much as Lord of the Rings in the, you know, this movie's yes. similarly paced to what a what single movie Lord of the Rings film would have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would love to see the version of that where, like, one line is, um, you know, you go from uh, Gandalf saying, uh, oh God, I don't know how you, I'm trying to think of a good example. Like, you'd go from them, like, meeting the writers to uh getting to Bree to having Aragorn revealed to getting to fucking um Rivendell uh, Rivendell like within like three yes. minutes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that that's the kind of pacing that this movie deals with. Mm-hmm. Um and I'd love to see I'd love to see it. I would I would even just love to see the script. I know there was a script at one point. I I, I want to know how that dialogue is paced. Yes. Uh, would be wild. I mean, the, the the armor, like, in many ways, I think of, like, the next movie that takes up uh, the mantle of, like, this set design is Lord of the Rings. Like, this sword is not that different than the swords you see in Lord of the Rings. No. In a way that's uh, funny. Um, oh, the one other thing I just wanted to state, I thought it was funny, the Lady in the Lake bit where he breaks the sword on Lancelot and then toss it away, and she's immediately like, ah, oh, you, you regretted your words and deeds, here's your sword back, is the most, like, uh, the Legend of Zelda fairy fountain, where she's like, did you drop this in? And if you say yes, she gives you a better version. That ever <laughs> I'm like, oh, they definitely just lifted this uh, from this to put it in Zelda. God, I, didn't, I didn't think about that, but yes, they, she does give him an upgraded sword. Yes. <laughs> What a good movie. 
Yes. <laughs> also, Uther just straight up gets Isildur in this movie where he's running away and getting, like, <laughs> murdered, like, slowly. In, like, a shitty forest. through mud. Yes. <laughs> so good. He's really good. Um, anyway, yeah, great film. People should watch it. It's very fun. Uh, it's a quick two and a half hours, for sure. It is. Um, so anything else? Should we go to questions? Uh, we can go to questions. All right. If you have questions, you can send them to abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, they can be about anything, not just the movies you covered. I think most of these are actually about this movie, weirdly enough. Um, Hilfer writes in, sick a shoot suit of armor in a film. I don't just... watch many films with suits of armor is the problem. Like, yeah, I, I, exactly. I saw this question and I think about it. And I was like, I mean, it's probably just the, the armor in this movie because it's really sick. But it's also like um, the movie with armor I've seen recently. I really like uh, the, the Aragorn's king armor in Return of the King. I think that one's with the tree across the chest. I think that armor's mm-hmm. fucking sick. Um, Darth Vader. Of... That's a sick fucking armor. Okay, you know what? I wasn't thinking of Star Wars, but you're right. Yes, Darth Vader. Because I was like, I, I could say Lord of the Rings, but those are the two fucking movies. Like, <laughs> you know. Um... Um, what the the in in some ways, it's like not as good of a movie. Um, it's trying a little too hard. But the movie this reminded me of a lot is Troy, which is a movie I like and no one else does. Which is just like, how do we tell like the Iliad in a way that's like fun? And it's mostly about uh, uh, Brad Pitt being a fuckboy. But I love the armor in that movie. It's got some sick armor. Funniest armor is uh, Tom Cruise's samurai armor at the end of Last Samurai. It's good armor. It is good armor, but it's also Tom Cruise and red samurai armor. And it's That's just, true. It's so funny. Um, all right. Uh, Rick writes in, in Batman v Superman, uh, the film, uh, young Bruce Wayne goes to the movie with his parents for the murder, right? But uh, usually this is Zorro. In that movie particularly, it's this film. Uh, this is a very important film for Zack Snyder, obviously. Curious what you think it says about a superhero films to make this change. Everything's epic so epic um my thing particularly is like the idea that like like a young bruce wayne imprints on this idea that like a a valiant man is one who just like lives by his ideals and the worst thing someone could do is like tie their own fate to the fate of the like be the individual who the fate of the world is tied to like the land decays because the king fucked up and that shouldn't happen can you imagine like this movie has has a certain quality to it where just my perception of how life works would be really fucked up if I experienced any kind of traumatic event immediately after watching it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if I was like the idea of like how the uh, life is paced and how events are processed, it would fuck me up. Not that there's a good movie you can watch for like a heavy trauma like that, but this is a particularly <laughs> destabilizing one. Yeah, but if you like saw Blues Brothers and your parents died, you're probably not gonna like. Love I would connect the two. Yeah. It would, it would su- yeah, it would suck, but it wouldn't be like I wouldn't be in like a mind state to have everything fucked up in the same. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um. Biclops writes in, uh, watch this movie first during my eighth grade English class, and I felt like I was the only person who wasn't bored, which is wild. I can't imagine seeing this movie. This would have been one of my favorite movies if I had seen it as a teen, I think. Um, questions. Who were you most surprised by in this movie? Or what were you most surprised by? I guess across the board. Who? It says who, but I think for me it's Merlin. Same. Um, Merlin's just a classic guy. I mean... <laughs> Uh, Patrick Stewart is also very funny because he's he's like one of the guys, just like one of the random guys. But most of the people in this movie are just like 
I mean, they're all stage actors, right? But um, not all, but there's a lot of stage actors uh, mm-hmm. and a lot of like people who would go on to have careers for like starting out as film. Uh, but he's like fucking Patrick Stewart and he's giving it. And I, because I know about the stories of behind the scenes, I know he's taking this very seriously, this very stupid role where he says, if the boy is a king, then a boy a king shall be. No, <laughs> the, the thing about this is he basically does the exact same thing in David Lynch's Dune, which is another movie where he's just one of the guys. But he's like taking it. He's like delivering yes. his lines so much more yes. seriously than everyone yes. else, which gives them like an incredible comic quality because it's Patrick Stewart. Yes. Yeah. Especially because the movie doesn't treat it like if this happened ten years later, when Patrick Stewart is known, it takes on a different like tone yeah. uh, as it becomes an intentional joke about that. But no, it's just very strange here. Um, yeah. Destiny, do you have an answer? Oh no, I agreed with you with Merlin. Merlin just—I didn't expect to love him as much as I did. Um, and then who is the best armor, and why is it Mordred? I like I said, I think it's Lancelot's like first armor. Yeah, that real shiny, shiny armor is fucking cool. There is, oh my god, there's a bit at the end of this movie that's just full-on fucking Dragon Age, where they're, like, in plate arts, like, shiny plate armor, and they're just drenched in blood. <laughs> there is a lot of, like, fucked up blood at the end of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny to me. This is the new shit. Yeah, uh, Tron writes in uh, with a bunch of questions. What's your What's the funniest part of the movie for you all? I laughed um, out loud when Arthur first pulled Excalibur out of the stone because <laughs> no one's there and it's just such yes. this like legendary moment and it's like oh he just kind of pulls it out and gives it to his brother. It's really mm-hmm. funny to me. I love the the, the the whole scene is like the most that feels like parody because it just goes between line and line little decaying through the joke. One of the best ones is when they act for like less than five seconds that they will. You know, in the version of this movie that's slower, his brother, who has the social standing and he gives the sword to first, could, like, has the opportunity to take up, like, pretend he's the new king. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they go, did you take the sword? And he goes, yes. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think of the conflict between Christianity and mysticism in this movie? I think this is interesting because, like, it's, like, an undercurrent that feels like it was, like, part of the idea that kind of fell out of the script at some point. I this agree. is the most Lord of the Rings shit in the whole movie is the way that Merlin keeps going on about how the Age of Men is here. <laughs> yeah. But it's specifically because like the knights often say, Oh, we're you know, we're imbued by the power of God, and they're looking for the Holy Grail. But also they live in a world that like you know, if Arthur is real, he lives in like this, he's like a, you know, the historical Arthur is probably like a, a pagan, like tribal leader. Right. Um, and so it's just this weird conflict that's impossible to square, but the movie just lets the two sit next to each other in a way that's really interesting to me. But it's not about that at all. It's just there. Um, I mean, the, as, as far as it's about that, it is about like the goal of Merlin is to unite Britain or the land, right? Like it doesn't yeah. say Christianity. It doesn't like talk in specifics because yes. it is is a uh, you know uh, dealing in, in a mythical sense. But Merlin is, is of the older world, of the more tribal world. Understands magic and the like, the dragon that is the land. Um, but it like frames him as like his goal is essentially to bring about his own extinction. Because yes. he needs, he wants to create a world where he's not needed, essentially. Yes. Uh, and it frames the like progression of society, I guess, uh, towards the unifying of a king or a state or whatever, like forward progress of civilization looks like in this, like look back at history. Uh, mm. 
the people who like achieve those aims are in some ways erasing themselves mm-hmm. um, is like the the way I took it dealing with these ideas, I guess. Yeah. Um, what are some of your favorite depictions of magic in film? This is a very uh, good question. I'm going to say the fountain. I like the fountain a lot. Uh, all the, I guess it's, I don't know if it's technically magic because it's also just like weird drug stuff, but all the ridiculous shit in Field of England. Oh, yeah. Noah? Noah's got good magic. God, Noah! Man, that's a movie. <laughs> Stupid uh, movie. Also, you've said two Aronofsky films. I know, but he's good about this one thing. <laughs> he's real good about it. The Love Witch. Cause that's... Oh, Love Witch is good. Yeah. Um, God, what was the... Um... God, my brain does not function suddenly. Um, you should watch Tilbury. We, I talked about that recently. That movie's got some good magic in it, shit. Mm-hmm. You want some good magic on screen. Um, yeah, I like it when the magic's kind of inexplicable and, like, maybe it's not real, but, like, definitely something's going on, but you don't really know what it is. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm looking for uh, Adam writes in, what are your favorite on-screen representations of the sword Excalibur? Also, what are your favorite overall magic swords in film? Um, my favorite Excalibur has to be Fate Stay Night Excalibur. Sorry. I'm just this trash now. Because I can't think of any other Excaliburs. I'll be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, I was the like, only... was there... Oh, sorry. I just like, was there was, was there an Excalibur in Code Geass? I don't actually think there was. I think it was everything yeah. but an Excalibur. The only That's magic cool. sword that comes to mind, because I watch so few movies like this, is the sword that sings like Frank Sinatra in Who Framed <laughs> Roger Rabbit. <laughs> oh, that's a good sword, though. Very cute cartoon sword. May I suggest uh, the lightsaber? Not magic, oh. that's technology. Shut the fuck up. I know what you mean, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, Argorn sword, that's a good sword. It's a fucking cool sword. It is a cool sword. Um, Noor writes in, uh, Nora's still watching this movie because she's going very slow because it's her new favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the party to think about more than anything is the dragon, which seems to be like the forest, but with an attitude. I like this power <laughs> permeating the world, existing just beneath the surface of everything. Uh, but then there's also every other Merlin scene. This guy just pulls out weird line reads and expressive faces. Um, it's just great. Do you have a favorite Arthurian story or guy? Who's the best Merlin you've seen? How do you think this guy's Lord of the Rings would have been received? Um, and has anyone seen the sword, sword of the Valiant, which I have not? I don't think anyone else has. No. I'm very underseen on just like Arthurian stuff generally. Yes. Like I know it's, a, it's a British thing I know about, but I haven't. It wasn't like there were a lot of uh, Arthurian adaptations when I was a kid that I was really watching. Mm-hmm. Like um, the only Merlin that comes to mind is Mickey Mouse's um, Merlin <laughs> in Fantasia. Transformers Five. Transformers Five. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen it. Oh, it's like ten minutes of the movie, but it's like a. a Imagining if the whole movie was that is so fucking good. Yeah, when like, you so, told me so, about it, I just yeah, so thought Stanley it. Tucci is Merlin. Yeah, uh, so Stanley Tucci is... The opening of Transformers 5 is about... Transformers have been on Earth for years. That's just part of the plot. But they were awake and like hanging out during Arthurian times. And Stanley Tucci as a drunk-ass Merlin was the person who was like the envoy between the human king and the, the Transformers. Um, and that's where his magic power comes from is just like knowing the Transformers who hang out at the round table with the knights. Uh, and it's fucking wild. And then the movie goes on to be about other worse things, but that part's amazing. <laughs> uh, that part's so good because it does display that there's like, no matter what kind of director you are, if you can get an actor 
and shoot a camera at them competently enough and then give them lines that are just like uh i don't you know just ridiculous arch nightly lines it's basically all you need uh, um, i mean it's not like this but uh tyler perry going shredder sensei is in this same like wheelhouse <laughs> Tyler Perry going Shredder Sensei is so so fucking good. I forgot um, that happened. <laughs> yeah, it's great. What a gift. Um, I, I'm a <laughs> uh, I'm I'm looking up the fucking script for uh <laughs> um Transformers Fine and the lines that he has fucking Stanley Tucci say as man like but you have to understand, we Britons are in a desperate fight, he says to a giant robot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, I think this Lord of the Rings would have been, like, well-received, but, like, for at the time, but mostly forgotten as a curiosity. They probably wouldn't have made the Peter Jackson one if this had happened, so. True. So Peter Jackson might still be making horror movies. Yep. Uh, that's it. Again, uh, abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. Jackson, what are we doing next time? Uh, I would like to do Lady from Shanghai, if that's okay. Yeah. Oh, it's shit, one of my favorite movie. movies. A friend was tweeting about it, and I was like, I've not seen it. But I was like, well, no, I'll, I know I'll love it. Um, and I think I'd like to watch it. Yeah, absolutely. Easy peasy. Uh, plugs time, Destiny. At Fridge Buzz Now in most social media circles. And my other podcast is also on the Abnormal Mapping Network. It's called Badland Girls. Jackson. You can find me at headfallsoff on twitter.com. You can find the podcast I do at abnormalmapping.com. Um, and they're good. Just go listen to them. You can find me on Twitter at em underscore vig and support all of our podcasts at patreon.com slash normalmapping. Uh, for $5, we do blockbusters every month. We just did a speed episode. And uh, next month, we're going to be doing the Ten Commandments in time for Easter. That should be a great fun. Um, no, no famous swords in that one, I don't think. I don't um, believe so. Man, what if Moses just had a sword, though? Oh. <laughs> He'd just be Gandalf. He'd just be Gandalf at that point. What if Charlton Heston was Gandalf? And I'll watch that movie any day. Fuck. Uh, Charlton Heston Gandalf? Uh, if you pay $10, you get VoIP Life, which is a big thank you for anyone who supports us. Just us goofing off for two weeks. We, but we recently released episode 100, which is seven and a half hours long of us going through our 100 top fives of just random shit. And there's some I would not recommend that be time. your first one. Uh, yeah, it might be your first one. Who could say? Anyway, thank you everyone for supporting us. We'll be back in two weeks with uh, The Lady from Shanghai. Um, movies. Now more than ever. Don't expect to like them. <laughs> <laughs>